That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi there, I'm Lauren McGoodwin with teammates Kayleen Holden and Aaliyah Kamalova. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. Today's episode is about workplace burnout. And if you're burnt out already on this topic, we hear you. And we're sharing some insight you probably haven't heard already. We'll be hearing from Amy Morin, author of 13 Things Mentally Strong Women Don't Do, and Dr. Ellen Vora, a board-certified psychiatrist. We'll also be answering your listener questions in our segment, Dear Career Contessa, where we give you specific advice on your career questions. Today, we'll be discussing if it's bad to tell your managers you're busy. And now, this is The Females. All right, let's talk about burnout, which is a very buzzy word. You probably have all heard about this a lot lately. You might even be sick of hearing about this, but what exactly is burnout? And in the most simple terms, not the Instagram terms, it's simply feeling overwhelmed in life or at work. And the question we have is, is burnout really serious? Does it really exist? Well, according to the World Health Organization, it is. Burnout was officially recognized as a legitimate medical diagnosis earlier in 2019. I'm actually really happy to see this because I think it really elevates these conversations about mental health in general. Mm -hmm. I feel like now it's no longer this like millennial illness or this thing that we're just talking about. I think that was how people treated it in the beginning. It's more validated. That's right. Yeah, I'm really like feeling burnout and it like taxes your physical health too. And I think that's where, again, it's a very common thing for mental health. It's not as visible or as you know, measured necessarily. So it's great that it's recognized as an actual Something to take serious, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's different ways that different people experience it, especially when you're talking about workplace burnout. Different professions tend to experience it differently. So we'll also be talking a little bit about that because I think a lot of people are under the misconception that burnout is like when you have so much to do and you're ruining your home relationships and you aren't getting any sleep, et cetera, et cetera. But there's other ways that burnout actually manifests. Right. And the different types, which I think all of this is, again, a good piece of conversation to be having because actually people are going to start talking about this, Mm -hmm. right? Which is really step one is having this awareness and bringing this to conversations where maybe before people have felt like they were alone in this. Now I feel like burnout, like I said, it is a little bit of a buzzword, but we're Mm going to be talking about the phrases you haven't heard. Let's talk about these types, I guess. Yeah. So that's why on today's episode, 
we're discussing two things. Number one, the three types of burnout and how to recognize that it actually is burnout. And two, how to tackle that burnout. So let's get into it. So our first discussion point is going to be profiling the three types of burnout and how to recognize that it's actually burnout. Burnout can seem like one all-encompassing topic, but burnout actually, as we mentioned before, it can manifest in three separate forms. So we're going to be unpacking those. Yeah, the three types that we're talking about today are frenetic burnout, under-challenged burnout, and the worn-out burnout. So let's start with frenetic burnout. So frenetic burnout is experienced by employees who put a ton of energy into their work in the hopes that the output will be rewarding. And after a sustained period of dedicated work, the frenetic worker does not find positive outcomes. Rather than becoming deterred from this, the frenetic worker continuously channels maximum energy into work with little to no regard for health or work-life balance. Those who work more than 40 hours a week are more prone to suffer from this type of burnout, which usually ends in complete mental and physical exhaustion. So I feel like this may be like a type of burnout that most people relate with or what they think of when they think of the classic right the classic classic. burnout (laughs) aka the classic burnout well I I also think people see this as being sort of an okay type of burnout because it's that whole work hard Mm -hmm. like play hard hard? yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) there's no plan actually sorry that has nothing to do with this saying it's work Uh, hard work hard yeah Yeah. (laughs) work hard and then exhaustion it has nothing to do with that but people do kind of feel like okay, I'll work really, really hard knowing that I can like Netflix and binge all day on this day. So they actually push it to the nth degree. Well, that's like the classic problem where you're swamped like a week at work and you're like, if I can just get past Friday by that meeting, then it should be all great. And then Monday morning, you're like, if I can just get past Wednesday, then I'll be able <laughs> yeah. to relax. And then, and then it's three years later and you're like, if I can just get past, <laughs> I don't know what. So it's just pushing yourself and being like, oh, I'm just a hard worker. Or I need to have it done. Right. So I'm going to do it. I think the problem here, too, is like the math is really problematic Mm because it's like five days on, two days off. If you're going super hard for five days and you're only taking one day off, like, of course, you're not going to have enough time to recover in between. I think an important thing to recognize here is also the fact that the work is not rewarding. Yeah. If you work hard and get to a place on Friday where you're like, wow, my week was amazing. I did this, this, this and this. But I think the frenetic burnout is when you're working hard, working hard, working hard and you're never reaching a goal you're never having like a reward you're never having like any positive impact come right. to you you're just like just chipping away at mm-hmm. like I don't know just, or like just keeping something afloat yeah mm-hmm. stagnant yeah and you're like well what is the point of this right yeah, like, <laughs> what, like when people describe I'm doing like 70 percent mm-hmm. in every part of my life I feel like that's kind of like this you're like not being rewarded you don't feel like you're doing anything super well mm-hmm. you're just kind of checking boxes you just happen to be checking a lot, a of, lot boxes. of boxes yeah, yeah. Which I do think that is also sort of sometimes people have sort of this addiction to like adding more to their plate because they kind of like checking the boxes. Yeah. Like they have this fulfillment, but mm-hmm. this is actually the bigger question is like, is it something that's rewarding or not? Mm-hmm. Which is a good question, I guess, for people to ask themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shall we go on to the next? Yes, topic? let's. This is the one that I think is like the trickiest one because I think people don't recognize this as burnout. So the next one is called under challenge burnout. This type of burnout occurs when an employee feels under-challenged and bored at work. Being unable to find any satisfaction in their job, the under-challenged employees usually find themselves in a lowered mood. The under-challenged employee needs to identify what she loves, what she excels at, and what matters to her. From there, she can beat this type of burnout by finding a position that offers an intersection of these passions. Yeah, I could see why this is like 
not as easily recognizable. It's like frenetic burnout. Yeah. You're just you're like, oh, this is fun. Right. It's not direct stress. Or maybe you're not super busy. Yeah. yeah. I remember a job I had earlier in life. <laughs> I was like done with all my work within the first like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And well, I wasn't busy. I never worked overtime. I always had a full hour lunch like you guys know, like I have to make sure I get mm-hmm. up out of my chair, kind of thing, for lunch now. Even though I find my work rewarding, but Are but the point, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys, I have a confession, <laughs> but I think under challenge is also just being like super bored at work, like yeah. just. And I remember in that job, I used to say to people, I'm like, I feel like I'm getting dumber by showing up. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm losing brain cells every time I go there because I'm mm-hmm. not challenged. I'm doing nothing. Yeah. And that is really also soul sucking. Mm-hmm. I think it can manifest as like almost like a depressive feeling. Yeah. Not to yeah. like throw the word depression around. Right. But it can be like, you know, I'm kind of like uh, the movie Office Space where they're all just like that is probably yeah. a definitely like an under challenge workplace where everyone just like comes in, like works under neon lights and yeah. goes home. Yeah, that's it kind of reminds me a friend of mine left his sales job and he was kind of like that where he climbed up so quickly and he was really good at what he did. But then ultimately was just like, I found myself working for the first few hours in yeah. the morning and then was like coast and he'd like go around and just kind of train people or like just kind of literally yeah. walk around the office and be like, what do I do? And he's like, I had to leave. And yeah. now it's like so much better. Right. But it's like that kind of thing where you're just like, you spend all day at work. Like that's a majority of You spend your a third time. of your life yeah, at work. Exactly. That's nuts. So to have it just be kind of sitting there and like you can't. No purpose. Right. It's yeah. not like you can do other things that you like, enjoy, you know, while you're at work. So it's yeah. like in terms of like, you can't just pick up like a hobby, you know, like <laughs> midday. So it's like, you're just going to be sitting there waiting for more work. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of almost feel like you're walking around in the dark and you're just mm-hmm. like hoping to bump into a wall kind of feeling because you're like something please hit me <laughs> I can see how this is burnout mm-hmm. even though I definitely understand why this is not people don't talk about this a lot because it doesn't fit your like I guess the picture I think of in my head of burnout is this like exhausted mm-hmm. person who's mm-hmm. like I'm getting five hours of sleep I'm going 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 you know like that's what I envision yeah and this is like a slow version yeah slow burn. But it, slow burn. it can be exhausting like if you're spending you know eight or nine hours just sitting there being completely unmotivated yeah. you're yeah. gonna go home and go all right well now I'm gonna just sit in front of my couch too it's mm-hmm. like you just, just feel dead from the day yeah. yeah you know what I think it is too is like you're spending all this energy trying to figure out what it is you want to do and like mm-hmm. there's an exhaustion that comes from trying mm-hmm. like you're sitting there and you're like please like this bolt of lightning like hit me with this idea or this thing that I'm supposed to do and it doesn't happen like that and it's like it's exhausting to kind of be so amped up looking for that, I guess. Well, I think it, again, you're lacking the reward. So yes. similar with the frenetic, you don't feel any sort of anything coming back from yeah. all of your work. And in this, you don't know what even your yeah. goal or reward, like what are you aiming <laughs> Your direction, for? yeah. Exactly. So it's like lacking the progress. And I think we like, were you talking to me about the progress principle yes. book? Yeah. We're obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, it's like that same feeling is like in order to have a kind of more Small fulfilled wins, career, yeah. it's those little things. And if you don't have those, it's really hard to get through your day. Yeah. Kaylee and I were talking about the progress principle mm-hmm. and this woman, I think she's a researcher at Harvard, wrote it. Mm. Teresa... Amabile. Yeah. We referenced this in a course. We did. You're right. We did. Which is why it's sounding so familiar. The whole concept is basically small Mm -hmm. wins add up to big moves, I guess. But also there is actually a psychological effect of having this like small win Mm -hmm. and making progress on something, which is why when you set goals, they usually tell you to set like maybe your big goal and then like smaller goals underneath there. I mean, like I hate using the analogy of weight loss, but it's the difference between being like, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds versus like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to lose a 
pound a week or something like that. So, all right. And finally, the worn out burnout. The worn out employee is someone who is resigned about their work after experiencing consistent work stress over a long period of time. Having experienced mild rewards, the worn out employee feels disillusioned and uninspired by the job at hand. Worn out burnout often occurs when an employee gives her power and work to others instead of taking it on her own. For example, this is the employee who, when things maybe didn't turn out how they wanted on a project, they resigned to the, sure, whatever, I'm just going to stop trying internal dialogue. If you're suffering from worn out burnout, identify why you aren't motivated by your work and then take the steps to either reclaim your ownership or look for a position that could better fulfill you. So this is, I also feel like probably not as well known of Mm -hmm. a type of burnout. I think it's like, if we classify frenetics, like the high energy, overworked, and then under challenge, like the slow and worn out, right in between. Just perfect. (laughs) Just right. Yeah. Your timing is just perfect. You're you're never happy, but you're never totally upset. I think this is the one also where you come in gung-ho to a job and you're like, I love it. I love it. I love it. And then it kind of like beats down on you. And then you're like, actually, yes, I hate it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like you get this new job and you think it's going to be one thing. And when it's not, at first you kind of fight against it and Mm -hmm. you were like, okay, I'm going to adapt. I'm going to go with the changes. And then at some point you're like, whatever, there's no point. Like they won't change any of their policies here. You just are like done and you Mm -hmm. stop engaging. I think that's it. You just like stop engaging and you stop fighting it. I remember when I was in high school, I was on the swim team and I had a coach that was like, just, I felt like she was always on me. And it was like, can you find someone else to talk to and like be on their case? And she told me once, she was like, if I didn't care, I wouldn't like make a big deal. And now I feel like that's kind of the same at work. Like when people stop caring at work, it's like you actually should be more concerned about that. Mm -hmm. Like when employees clearly are just like sitting there not fighting back on something that maybe they were really passionate about or a project. Mm -hmm. If I were a manager, that would be more of a red flag. And I think this also kind of says that this is probably more of a systemic problem that causes this type of burnout. At least that's like what I understand. And I like can imagine feeling hopeless if you really can't fix a problem that's, you know, been at a company for years or if the board of directors is all these yeah. like, white guys, for example. It's yeah. Like, that's not something you can actually directly change very right. quickly. Right. And I think especially for like women of color in the workplace and any sort of minority, you feel like you, it does feel like worn out. It's like, I'm not going to be the one person that's like, right. hey, we shouldn't do this or like all these microaggressions are happening. Yeah. And if you constantly bring up your concerns and often are not like listened to yeah that is worn out burnout for sure that's like I really can't do anything at this point I'm tired of explaining yeah and being the one person that explains this or I say something and nothing happens it's almost like the fact that you spoke up and nothing happened is almost more disappointing than the Mm -hmm. fact that it was happening Mm -hmm. I mean not literally but sometimes or the like why should I be the one that has to like overhaul all of this yes it's not you know not in my pay grade or Mm -hmm. yeah Women and minorities, I think, especially feel that way. We've even heard it. Like, sometimes women will say to us, like, I don't want any more advice that's telling me, like, how I need to change, how I need to improve, how I need to do It's like, put this on somebody else and definitely yeah. hear that for mm-hmm. sure. Definitely. I think this could also be, you know, a type of burnout that is especially challenging if you identify as a perfectionist and you really start to feel worn out, burnout, because it's like you want things to mm-hmm. go well and this is kind of going against maybe your, your typical DNA. It's probably a little bit for frenetic and under challenge as yeah, well. It's like a mix. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Like you can probably have a mix of these yeah. or maybe one year or type of job you have more of one type or the other. Like these are not perfect 
divisions and yeah. like perfect lines, I guess. Yeah, especially if you identify as a perfectionist. Yes. It's like it's going to be really tough. Yeah. <laughs> well, we know all about perfectionism, <laughs> something we talk a lot about at Career Contessa. Mm-hmm. We actually also interviewed Amy Morin, who is the author of 13 Things Mentally Strong Women Don't Do. So let's hear what she has to say. Okay, so number two is they don't insist on perfection. I love this. We've talked about the perfection trap here on the podcast before. What's this? They don't insist on perfection. So for a lot of us, it's become a bit of a badge of honor. You know, in an interview, when somebody asks a question, we say things like, well, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Yeah. For women, especially, I think it's often something that we grew up with as little girls when we received praise for getting an A on a test or you got praised for looking beautiful one day. And it just becomes this part of us, the thinking that we confuse high expectations for perfectionism, or we think that uh, we didn't try hard enough unless we're perfect. But, you know, every study will show that perfectionism backfires in the end and it uh, won't be as successful. It'll take you longer to do things. I mean, even down to our physical health, women are dying to be perfect. And studies will show that people who insist on being a perfectionist actually die sooner than the rest of us. Oh boy. (laughs) So that's all we need to know about that one. (laughs) The perfection thing too, I would say it's almost become more the norm than the anomaly. You know, as you said, women saying like, I'm a perfectionist or I always laugh because like in an interview, in a job interview, when people would say, what's your biggest weakness? You were trained to kind of say, well, tell them, well, I'm a perfectionist. And it's like, no, no, no. Like even in an interview, we don't actually want that scripted answer. We truly want to know what is the thing you're not that good at? So we know that perfectionism is bad. Like there's just no. <laughs> That's what I got. It yeah. like it will kill you. So yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very dramatic. Literally. But, yeah. I do think that this is just a good message for people to hear again, which is like, if you relate to the tendencies related to perfectionism, you've got to start to notice these patterns. Mm -hmm. And she mentioned something about expectations, which I think is a big piece of perfectionism is like your expectations that something's going to go this way. And when it doesn't, you know, burnout is part of that also. Yeah, because I mean, similar to what we were talking about with having a reward or any sort of progress to, I don't know, sustain you at your job. It's like, if you're a perfectionist, like you're never going to reach yeah, that never. reward. Like it's going to be unattainable. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you'll never enjoy the process, the progress mm-hmm. pieces out of this too. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's a dangerous place to be. Yeah. We have a great episode from last summer with Dr. Sasha Heinz about perfectionism and goal setting for perfectionists. So if you're interested in this topic too, definitely go back and look for the episode with Dr. Sasha Heinz. All right. So those are our three types of burnout. To recap, they are frenetic burnout, under-challenged burnout, and worn-out burnout. After this quick break, we'll discuss how to tackle burnout. If you're suffering from work stress, whether or not it's actually burnout, We have a little help. It's Acuity Scheduling. Enlist Acuity Scheduling as your new 24-7 assistant that works behind the scenes to fill your calendar and take hours of work off your plate. How? Let me tell you. Stop exchanging endless emails and let your clients come directly to you. Acuity Scheduling software allows you to share your real-time calendar with your clients in an instant. It allows incoming clients to self-book appointments, reschedule with a click, and even pay online. Acuity has lots of features, but the one I want to highlight this week is its social media scheduler. 
Hook Acuity up to your Facebook business page or Instagram's booking button to let your clients come directly to you. Use these features to book more clients, get paid on time, and to automate and organize your businesses day-to-day with all the tools in one place. Get yourself some digital help with Acuity today. Save yourself the drudgery of having to keep up with your clients while managing your own busy schedule by using Acuity Scheduling. For a limited time, you can get 45 days of Acuity Scheduling absolutely free, no credit card required, by going to acuityscheduling.com slash females. That's acuityscheduling.com slash females. All right, now let's get back to the show. All right, so now that we know what burnout looks like, how do we actually overcome it? Okay, so we have three tips to help you overcome burnout if you feel like you're experiencing it. Tip number one is to communicate how you're feeling. Lauren, going back to your interview with Amy Morin, she really made some great points about how important it is to just speak up in general, especially from women. So let's hear from her. So number 11 is they don't stay silent. So this one really is about a couple different things. One, when they looked at business meetings, we know that women speak way less than men do if it's a meeting that has both men and women in it. Something like 70 women get 75% less airtime than men do. Wow. And so, you know, of course, men are like, well, it's because women are more efficient with their words. Well, that's not necessarily true. It's that women don't speak up as much. And sometimes, you know, it's not to blame women. Sometimes when we do speak up, we're more likely to get interrupted and male leaders are more likely to call on men And the list about that could go on and on. So sometimes it's just about challenging yourself to be more vocal. And, you know, the other part is about not staying silent when we see bad things happen. Obviously, the Me Too movement started around the same time that my book came out. And just knowing that you don't necessarily have to go to the authorities, something bad happens. But sometimes it's just about telling someone, tell a friend, tell a therapist. You just don't want to harbor secrets because secrets is where shame comes from. Mm -hmm. When you were talking about speaking up in meetings too, I'm wondering if there's a couple tips now, like obviously when women are being interrupted, kind of saying, you know, excuse me, let me finish my thought. There's also women, you know, helping out other women saying, hey, you know, Lauren's in the middle of saying something, let's let her finish. I mean, are there other tips that you would have for women when it comes to speaking up in a meeting specifically? Because I do think that's something where it's like, Every time you walk into a meeting, it's like, okay, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. You are trying to be conscious about speaking up. But I'm wondering if you have any really good tips or examples of someone who's been able to get their voice heard more often. Well, you know, obviously the most ideal situation is when leadership is on board. Yeah. And if the leader can call on the women in the group, women are really likely to speak up as soon as they have the opportunity to, uh, but they often wait to be invited. So if we just talk to leadership about it and say, you know, gosh, I notice men speak 90% of the time and maybe you even keep tallies. You offer some statistics like, gosh, you know, men spoke for 48 minutes out of this 60 minute session that we had. Let's do something about it. And you can partner, you can say, here's some information. Here's how we do it. Or if you called on women a few times, or if you invited the women to speak, that could make a huge difference in the amount of information that you're getting in the diversity of the group. So in case people are wondering if we're saying speak up in a meeting and tell everyone you're suffering from burnout, that's not, (laughs) let's be clear. Mm -hmm. The interpretation here is that actually once you can identify what type of burnout you have, 
you can start to communicate maybe some of the things you need. So if you're feeling really unmotivated at work or feeling like people aren't listening to you, this is the point of this conversation or these tips. Mm -hmm. It's like if you communicate, if you need support, if you feel like you have too much work or you're not able to accomplish things and you need more people on your team or you need more time or something, like no one's going to know that if you don't say it. Right. (laughs) Which is like a very common thing people say is like, no one's going to know what you're thinking, you know, unless you tell them. So the same if you're feeling burnt out. Right. And I think from a mental health perspective, I think communicating how you're feeling with whether it's like close friends or loved ones or a therapist will also help you address the burnout and how you feel emotionally. And that's crucial too to having success in your job. Yeah. I think also if you are speaking out about like some of the issues that are happening at work and we were talking about things that you have control over versus not have control over. So let's say you're voicing some of the issues at work to your employer and they're not doing anything about Mm -hmm. it. I also feel like that can help you kind of be, you know, where you've got that fork in the road where you're like, do I stay here Mm -hmm. and just kind of like Mm -hmm. stick it out or do I leave? It's like, you should leave. You should start looking for something else or you should know that it's not going to change because you've voiced it. You've done all the right things and like they clearly either can't do anything about it or they won't do anything about it. And I feel like you're operating with different information Mm -hmm. than just being burnt out. And like we were talking about frenetic burnout, like letting them know we have too many things on our plate. We have to take on less projects or something like that. Yeah. And I think there sometimes can be a disconnect, especially in a larger company with those like top level executives. They don't necessarily know what's going on at the ground floor all the time. Yeah. So even if you like look at like a retail job or something like, Someone who owns the clothing brands not going to know. Like it's yeah. just you know that's just space between that um, exactly. those two levels. So if you at least communicate and voice your concerns, it's a great start. But I agree that if you're not being heard, then that's a huge sign that you should consider leaving or searching for a new job. I think another thing to note because I know for a lot of people, like myself included, it can be really daunting to step up in a meeting, especially in a room full of men. Like yeah. I remember a job I had where I would be like, okay, I'm going to say something and I would say it and it would be so glossed over. But I'm like, I didn't speak loud enough or I didn't do that. And that, like, it's on me still. Yeah. Like I'm still broken from this. And that's not the case. Yeah. I, I don't think. <laughs> but I think it's really recognizing that moment of like, no, this is an organizational thing. This is not, this isn't me. Or this, yeah. Or this is not the place for me. Yeah. And I know Amy mentioned this in that clip, but also like, if you feel like you are suffering from burnout, a good way to tackle it is also find someone to talk to, find Mm -hmm. a therapist. There are so many amazing options out there for therapy, some that will connect with you online, super affordable, maybe your insurance offers it, you can go to a real person. So I also, I'm really enjoying the fact that the stigma around therapy is becoming less of a Mm -hmm. weird stigma. Mm -hmm. People actually, I think, proudly talk about the fact that they have a therapist or a coach, all really good options as well. Mm -hmm. I guess we'll go to our next tip um, for tackling burnout. So our second tip is to practice self-care. And I think this kind of ties in with the therapy. It's the same way you go, you know, exercise class or whatever to blow off steam. But we're also not saying that it's just one yoga class or one like spa day for yourself. (laughs) The girls is going (laughs) to be your cure-all for burnout. Because again, this is like a medical diagnosis that's recognized. So in addition to doing like what you think, like a bubble bath or whatever. It's like the traditional sort of wellness brand self-care. It's also just whether you're eating period maybe sometimes or whether you're Iced coffee diets don't work. Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
just nutritious food and right. sleep, like basic things that you don't even like think about as a kid, probably like necessarily. Right. But now you're like, oh, I need to like check in with myself. Like, did I get up from my seat in the mm. past yeah, six hours? Yeah. That is a big one. It's like more habits, right? Mm-hmm. Like creating healthy self-care habits versus like these one-off experiences related to self-care. Yeah. And I'm definitely guilty of that too. Like as someone that edits video a lot it's like I'll not move for so long and then afterwards be like oh my god like yeah. I'm just like surrounded <laughs> by beverages somehow and like I mean you guys see where did my these desk. come from yeah it's like Ooh. when I have a big editing day I just have like a bunch of beverage I don't know how they got there I'm just like I have three <laughs> glasses of water that are like half filled somehow <laughs> like a sparkling and then I'm just like oh my god I haven't moved and I'm like all right that's my day it's like that is not good <laughs> So definitely like checking in with yourself and sleep is like another huge one when it comes to self-care. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about sleep here at Career Contessa because it's something we're all realizing in the list of self-care. This is probably the most important one Mm -hmm. and sometimes the hardest one. Definitely. Okay, so the good news is that since we're not the experts in that, we actually interviewed a board-certified psychiatrist and sleep expert. Her name's Dr. Ellen Vora on really what is sleep, you know, obviously, you know what sleep what is, is sleep? but what is sleep? But also, like, why is it so important? And uh, this might kind of, like, freak you out in the best possible way because it actually has a huge impact on pretty much all the things we're talking about. So let's listen to that. Yeah, sleep is really, honestly, the best medicine. I mean, there's, like, maybe some ties for first place with exercise and meditation and community, but sleep is it. It's free, it feels good, and it works for everything. You know, it treats depression and anxiety and panic disorder, and then it makes us uh, have a healthier heart and cardiovascular system, decreases our risk of so many illnesses, and then it makes us live longer. So it's really worthwhile. And I think that I have, you know, maybe I'm biased, but most people who come to me are not saying like, I don't prioritize sleep and I don't plan to. It's more like, I know sleep is important, but it's not working for me. Mm-hmm. And so the people that don't prioritize it, like they're fun. That's low hanging fruit. It's just like, okay, we need to completely shift your mindset because this is the most important tool. The people who still think it's a badge of honor to sleep four or six hours a night and that that's somehow making them more productive and more successful. They've simply got the facts wrong. So that one's easier. The folks who are like, I know I want to sleep. I want to sleep more. I want to sleep better, but I struggle. That's my favorite area to treat. Yeah, no, I I definitely want to know about how do we actually get good sleep and maybe what's the difference like because you were like you were saying there are people who are like, I'm trying to sleep, but I'm not getting good sleep. So can we kind of define maybe the difference between like basic sleep, I guess, and and good sleep? Yeah, I mean, they're all different, like very high tech ways of measuring sleep that you want to spend a certain amount of time in REM sleep, which is defined by rapid eye movements, um, a certain amount of time in light sleep or superficial sleep, and a certain amount of time in deep sleep. And there's a term called uh, sleep architecture that sort of describes the way the brain moves through these different patterns of sleep through the night. I think, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, give me a sleep study. I want to know the quantified self. They sort of want to measure everything. In my book, the gold standard is a lot freer and it empowers you to do this on your own, which is basically, do you wake up feeling rested? Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important gold standard assessment for how how well you're sleeping. Well, I like that she at least simplified it to do you wake up feeling rested? <laughs> I, know, you don't. I love that after the long, complicated like REM sleep, whatever. And it's like, well, 
just how do you feel? Yeah. Because <laughs> exactly. I feel like Kaylee and I were talking about this earlier with like Fitbits. It's like sometimes I'll wear it and I'll be like, it tells you like how you slept yeah. or whatever. And I'm just like, sometimes I'll like check that and be like, did I sleep well? And it's like, oh, maybe I can just see if I'm sleepy right yeah. now. <laughs> like, like maybe I know. Am I answer. tired right now or no? I need to check. <laughs> Well, we're like obsessed with tracking everything. Mm-hmm, yeah. So it's like, wait, wait, wait. I'll, before I check in with my like self, let me check in with my Fitbit or yeah. my other tracker of some, <laughs> I some love, sort. I literally do that every morning. I'm like, well, we didn't get good sleep. So buckle up, Kayleen. Now it's just <laughs> the placebo. Could I have known that on my own? No, of course not. <laughs> sleep is, you know, just to kind of bring this point home, like probably the most important self-care mm-hmm. tip. And I think people sometimes learn it the hard way. If you don't prioritize sleep, you can only do that for maybe one or two nights. And also, there's no way to like catch up on sleep. I, yeah. I know because I was studying that. I know because mm-hmm. you can acquire sleep debt. Yeah. But you can't acquire a sleep That's savings. Terrifying. Which is yeah. horrible. Where's the sleep credit card? <laughs> you can buy it now. So you can only get sleep <laughs> Yeah. Debt. There's no way to be like, you know, stay up really late and then sleep all day on a Saturday. That's not how this works. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think it actually works in reverse. It's worse. Mm-hmm. It's worse to do that. <laughs> no. I only like, asked someone that slept very little in college and post-college. <laughs> That's not good to hear. <laughs> yeah. I actually did this report in college all about sleep. And it said one of the best things for your routine is to go to bed and wake up within the same hour, yeah. even on weekends, which I know is hard for people mm-hmm. to hear. But as you get older... <laughs> You'll just, you'll, yeah, you'll naturally start waking up around like 6.30 every day. Okay, so our third and final tip is this. Conduct an honest check-in with yourself, your relationships, your home life, and your overall health, especially as it relates to your work. Yeah, I feel like this is a great, almost preventative one yeah. in a way. Because if you start noticing signs at work, you'll probably start noticing signs outside of work too. Christine Hassler, she's someone we've had on the podcast a few times. She always says, whatever you resist, persists. (laughs) And so if you need a good little way to remember this, like if you resist, you know, checking in with yourself and putting this stuff off to the side, it's there, you know, Mm -hmm. ignoring it doesn't really do anything other than hurt you. So I like the prevention is always a good, I guess, tip to be giving people is what can you be doing to try not to fall into this too? Because so many people experience burnout and then they try to work backwards from there yeah and I think if you have a very conscious check-in with yourself that's also those moments where you are like did I do this today did I yeah like sometimes it's nice to just have a mental run through and be like do I need to just go to the bathroom right now do I need to like (laughs) do this you know it's just basic stuff that your body can just absolutely ignore yeah and you're like oh I need to get up I think mental checklists are like the most important. That's like my survival technique. Like yeah. If ever I'm feeling overwhelmed, you're, you got to be like, okay, why yeah. are we actually, mm-hmm. is this actually happening? Yeah. Like, I think you'd be surprised once you start to like, again, like flex that muscle, you become better at it and you can get yourself through a lot of situations or at least identify like complicated situations that might be more like right um, overreaching and ones you might not want to recognize. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think it also goes back to like what we were talking about sleep is Because it's not, I mean, if you don't get enough sleep in a night, you feel tired, obviously. And that's a very direct effect from that. And you you can recognize that that's what it is. But all those other things, so it's like increased anxiety and like panic or is not necessarily like the first thing you feel in the morning. Yeah. Besides just being tired. Like that, (laughs) I know I feel sluggish right now because I have two hours of sleep or whatever. Right. But it's like the things that happen throughout your day, that's also a great way if you check in and notice like, it's probably because I have not slept this week or something. Exactly. Yeah. 
Everyone should keep a work journal slash mental health journal. All right. So let's recap. Our three takeaway tips are number one, communicate how you're feeling. Number two, practice real self-care. And number three, conduct an honest check-in with yourself. Next up, we hear from you and solve your problems. Welcome to Dear Career Contessa, the part of the show where we answer your questions. Remember, if you have a career question, you can submit it to us via direct message on at Career Contessa on Instagram, email us info at careercontessa.com, or leave us a voicemail at 844-FEMALES. All of that information is included in the show notes. Today's question came to us via Instagram direct message, and here's what she said. I am in my very, very busy season at work, and yesterday our department lead told me I need to be aware of telling people I'm quote-unquote busy, that it looks bad, and it's all people can remember. I support 10 people and always take on the extra work, because when I say no, it's an even worse response at my company. Would love some advice. Thanks. So just to summarize, what I'm gathering is that she's in the busy season, everybody knows this is kind of a busy season at work and, and she's not allowed to say she's Yeah, busy. and that they're adding a lot to her plate, but they don't, her boss at least doesn't appreciate the fact mm-hmm. that she's letting people know that she's busy. I feel like that's not cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's again, it's hard to say just knowing one side of the story. You're right. But it's probably not a great sign like that your manager or was her manager, right? Or yeah. department like leader. Yeah. Shutting her down. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's basically someone saying that you can't tell people no. Because that's yeah. like number one reason telling someone no. Like right. You can't handle this workload right now. Right. So it's kind of strange. Or they don't that, like her style of saying no. Yeah. It's like they're basically saying it looks bad to tell everyone that you're busy. I feel like you're telling us more how you feel about yourself than you do about the person. Like either you were told that saying busy mm-hmm. is bad, like the department lead, or something about the word busy is like annoying the department lead yeah we talked last week about that response that was like you're to this to that and you say compared to whom i wonder if this would be a a circumstance where you can say all right well what should i say instead Mm -hmm. yeah like what would you suggest i mean without i guess being too like yeah Yeah. this is another one where it's like tone matters a lot i also feel like i think people just also have pet peeve with the word busy Mm -hmm. because it feels like anytime you talk to someone they don't respond by telling you like how their day's going or what they're always like i'm so busy so i could i could maybe see like maybe a change of the vocabulary yeah totally people are are like resentful of that word busy yeah. and in a way it is kind of like a throwaway like cover you're not really yes. explaining like if you truly are feeling busy or overwhelmed you're not really explaining the extent to it's true it just sounds like a blanket statement and I think people love to be like I'm just so busy like yeah. you know oh, I have so much to do today and they have so like, whether you are you are today yeah yeah it's like there's just both sides of that spectrum so I think I agree that maybe just changing the vocabulary. I feel um, like on both ends, they need to change the vocabulary. Yeah. Totally. Because if it's a problem with workload management or something to that right. effect, your department lead can be like, hey, you know, maybe you have like a problem with prioritizing things right. or tasks or not delivering something on time. And that's like valid and clear. And I feel like what happens is the message, especially like for this person, the message she's hearing is that it's not okay to say no and that you have to take on the work, which then starts to blur the lines of how to advocate and mm-hmm. say no. Like she says, I'm busy so that she doesn't have to say no to right. things. But she said that's an even worse response at her company. Oh my God. And that's kind of toxic. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, that, that was the sentence where you're like, ooh. 
doesn't yeah. sound good. Someone, yeah. She was like, and don't tell me to just say no. <laughs> that's worse. <laughs> Someone told me once in their advice around saying no is like, find a way to say no without actually saying the word no because people get defensive about that. It's like, mm-hmm. everyone's defensive about everything. I like the prioritization rule mm-hmm. like or tip is like, maybe say to your manager, like, you know, here are the things that I have as top priorities that I'm going to get done by the end of this week. Here are the things that have been added to my plate. Mm-hmm. Can you help me prioritize these mm-hmm. things? Maybe their manager is not liking the fact that she's making the decision about what she can take on and what she can't take on. Maybe they want to play a more active role in that. Yeah, I think if you just take a moment to check in with your to-do list, basically, and go through and be like, here's what I realistically can do without pushing myself to the level of being burnt out. Right. And then present that to the lead and be like, do I need to adjust anything from here? And right. it seems like it's like within this department is what I assume is happening. Right. So you probably have team members that can either take some of the work or like there could be a redistribution of the workload. Yeah. I'm still set on your idea, Leah, around maybe it's the fact that when you say busy, it's not specific enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk a lot about we want managers to give specific feedback while also as an employee it's not very helpful to mm-hmm. give your department lead just a blanket answer too. like help them help you kind of thing, yeah. like give them specifics so that they can come up with some specific solutions. Yeah. Especially if your team acknowledges that this is the busy season. Right. So if you just tell someone like, I can't do this because I'm busy, your team member is like, well, I'm busy too. Like, yeah. We're all like in this position. It does. So, it yeah. does. I think that's why it rubs people mm-hmm. the wrong way because it's like, well, I'm busy too. Yeah. You know, like you only knew. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it is time for her to just say no. <laughs> no. I mean, happens. don't. I'm like reading this over and over and I'm like, maybe it's just time to say no. Because she says, I always take on the work. And it's yeah. like, maybe the work, maybe it's not her responsibility. Yeah, right. Maybe, maybe no. Kayleen's is, challenge. Yeah. <laughs> say no. <laughs> Everyone listening, say no. <laughs> yeah. When your boss asks you to do work, you go, no. Okay. I cannot <laughs> wait for the inbox. Yeah. After <laughs> that. A bunch that. of different other DMs. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to send Lauren an email in response later that just says no. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. We absolutely love hearing from you all. And it can be difficult to determine just how burnt out we really are. That's why we've created a quiz to determine what degree of burnout you're up against. We link to our burnout quiz in the show notes if you're interested in checking that out. And thank you to our experts, Amy Morin and Dr. Ellen Vora. You can find more information about them in the show notes as well.